like opus one young no two alike like a snowflake okay show me what you got good evening and welcome to another episode of the all in podcast with the the real the real the jump off with Walt the damager and I'm Rob the Jetta what's going on family what's going on uh it's a somber moment we just want to take a minute uh to you know give our condolences and and um well wishes to the the Lewis family uh we lost a great pioneer and epic fighter for the civil rights of our people uh John Robert Lewis who passed on July 17th um an American politician great civil rights leader uh he also served in the house of representatives uh for Georgia's 5th congressional district from 87 until his death in 2020 um he he had pancreatic cancer i don't know if a lot of people uh knew that and he also served as the chairman of the student nonviolent coordinating committee from 63 to 66 so like i said at the time just take a couple minutes and you know give our condolences and well wishes to the family Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh John Lewis was a was a great uh freedom fighter. You know, as as folks know and you may recall, you know, he started out as a very young man. Uh Cody, I think he was your age when he was uh Yeah, he was around you know, my age. in his 20s when he was out in, you know, in in those streets as 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 you guys are now, which I commend your generation. Uh standing next to Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, I believe I I heard a stat that he was arrested 45 times. uh you know had a skull injury uh crossing the bridge uh in 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 Selma Alabama but really all that really to you know see where we're at today in in America you know uh in 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 you know there were some real good dignitaries you know at the funeral today by former presidents uh Bush Clinton uh house speaker Nancy Pelosi were there they all gave uh you know outstanding remarks and of course uh the eulogy was done by President Obama and President Obama you know uh, you know always he's a outstanding and inspirational speaker but you know it was one quote that you know I I took from it and he mentioned he said today we witness with our own eyes police officers kneeling on the necks of black americans George Wallace may be gone but we can witness our federal government sending agents uh to use tear gas and batons against peaceful demonstrators and uh, wow <laughs> and I I'll, I'll say this I'm 51 years old and George Wallace was doing all these things before I was born and here we are today 51 years you know later uh we still see in this this same type of uh thing so John uh brother John Lewis you know your 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 life and legacy just thank you so much and again our condolences out to the Lewis family we got a special guest folks we we have uh Cody Santiago with us today Cody why don't you uh introduce yourself as uh we're, and we're not even calling you a guest today we we're going to call you a guest co-host how you doing my friend i'm doing well man it's good to see you again it's been a while Uh, yeah, and I appreciate you uh you having me on. I, I really do. Um I've been watching your po- your podcast grow and and uh and Eli's podcast grow. It's been great to see. Um it's it's a great uh means of communication. I love it. Um I'm just uh I like to think of myself as a as a community warrior. Um I like to to try to do um right by by what communities would want and and a lot of people don't always agree with me. Um and and you know that's fair. That's that's where that's 
the country that we live in. Um, but but I, in that, I, I've also been a, a servant of public safety in the fire service. Um, I'm in emergency management now. Uh, I, I actually teach emergency management for a few different organizations. Um, so, uh, you know, I just, I just like helping people in any sense. It's always been a, a part of who I am. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited to dive into some things that you got lined up for us today, for sure. Absolutely. We're, we're excited to have you on. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I don't know how far back on some of the podcasts that you heard, but we have one of our mentors, uh, Malik Aziz, on. And I don't know if you know this, uh, uh, Cody, but Walt and I uh, grew up uh, together. So you know, we uh, grew up in the same neighborhood in Philadelphia. And uh, of course, uh, just like you, you had mentors and things like that. And uh, Malik Aziz, we had him on uh, talking about prison reform. And he was one of what we call back in the day, one of our old heads. And he he was one of our coaches and uh, he watched us grow. He groomed us. And it was interesting because on those podcasts, he, he you know, he expressed how happy he was to see the growth in both uh, Walt and I, you know, as we matured through the uh, through the years. And I can share that same thing. Although I didn't have the pleasure of coaching you, I had the, I had the great pleasure of watching you grow. Uh, as as a as a, a young uh, sports athlete with uh, primarily you know playing a lot with my with my sons uh, you know in all three sports and one of the things that uh, you know I noticed I, I saw uh, someone mature well above his his years and and, and you could all, and, and so we we would always say is uh, all those of us who, who play sports we can we can see sports is always something sometimes you can you can see a person's character and how they how they play sports and I always notice how you 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 always played the game from the neck up never relied on athleticism but from the neck up and and, and use that use your your smarts and your and your wits to get you get you over in in in, in sports competition and i see that now just following you on social media seeing how you you know attack this this political lane and i'm gonna come out here and say it and, and folks you know, listening here, as you, you hear this young man, some of this young man's thoughts, uh, you'll you'll agree with me. I see a young politician, man, and when you're ready to run, man, just hire me for your campaign manager. <laughs> you know, I, get, I, I, I get that, you know, Robin. I, I first of all, I want to say thank you to all of that because, uh, you know, I wasn't, I was never as athletic as your kids were, so I had to play from the neck up. <laughs> I, I could never dunk a basketball, right? So I had to I had to make sure I played smart on defense and things like that. So I had to play that way. I had to play that way, but I appreciate it. Yeah. No, and I, and I, I get that all the time about the about the politician thing. It's it's really it's 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 a regularly occurring thing, um, and I get it from both sides honestly. And it's cool that people see that. And, and my wife says it to me all the time. And, and I just I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm undecided. It's just something that I'm passionate about. You right, know, right. I, I like I like it a lot from the local level all the way up to to what we talk about on social media. You and I. And, and let's and let's jump on this too, and, you know, because I, I, you know, knowing you and you, you've been one who, uh, you know, kind of expressed your political ideals at a very young age. And, and like me, and I'll, I'll tell everyone, I've, uh, you know, we have a lot of similarities. I, I you know, Walt would know because he, he grew up with me. But uh, for the uh, the video, the video and the listening audience uh, would know, I've I've been a political or a political for about forty years. So if you do the math, I was doing doing this and following politics since um, I was ten to twelve years old. You know, yeah. I go back to you know the the Carter years and and the, and the Reagan years and really followed all took time to really study um, all the aspects of of um, politics and, and, and took time to learn you know all the ideology and not necessarily subscribe to to one and I will say this about you and then uh, you know I think 
similar. I remember before you kind of evolved to your thinking, you know, to where you're at right now. And we want to talk a little about that because I, I would say, if I recall, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You were more from the, on the conservative side. Is that right? When you were growing up. So what, yeah, we can. So, so, so tell, tell, tell us about your, your evolution and what, what you saw, you, what you seen and, and how, how you evolved in, in your, your ideology. And I know as a young man, you're still growing and, and developing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, um, I grew up in a very conservative household. My dad was a very big Republican. Um, he, uh, we were, we were, we, I, our household was so conservative that we went, we actually went to Bill Clinton's impeachment. I was, I was five or six years old and I was at Bill Clinton's impeachment with my dad. Um, wow. so, uh, so I grew up in a very conservative household. Um, but, but nonetheless, he taught me about how government works. And I think that's the more important side, but I had that little, um, that little conservative uh, fleshing with it, you know? So, um, so that, that was, that was interesting for me to grow up and, and see one side of it and not really see the other side because I didn't have another voice in my house. You know, my mom kind of stayed out of it. So uh, I didn't have another voice in my house. Um, but, but I grew up like my, <laughs> and the nerd in me is going to come out now, but you asked, um, you know, I grew up, you know, it was a regular thing that my dad and I would watch things like the West Wing. Uh, it's still one of my favorite shows. Um, we used to watch JAG. We used to talk about politics when we were driving to practice. You know, we, we, and we'd even disagree about things back then. I was seven, eight, nine years old and we would disagree about things back then. And I had no idea what I was talking about. Some would say I still don't, which is fine. Um, but, uh, but no, so the, the, the change happened really when I went to, to college for my undergrad because I grew up, and you know this, I grew up in a predominantly white school. Um, we, growing up in elementary school, we had, in our whole district, we had a handful of black people. I mean, that was it. And so to get the black perspective on current events and, and history on things, um, I'm not saying that our history teachers were wrong, but we were, we were not, we were only being told one side, right? Um, so, and, and I love my history teachers dearly to this day. My dad was on school board. I have a very close relationship with most of them. Um, so, so I'm not saying that they were wrong. I don't want anybody to mistake that. But um, having said that, when I went to college and, and my black friends were able to, to correct me in the things that I was saying and saying, wait, you're only telling one side. Like, let's talk about when black people came back from World War II, they were still hated. When they came back from Vietnam, they were still hated, right? Um, in, in World War II, there was still segregation, right? Like just because you served in the war doesn't mean you come back and you're you're a completely free person, right? There was you still had to battle that, and even if you did, people still judged you. Um, so I didn't have that perspective, and and I had that that ignorance about me because I I didn't know, and I just thought I knew. Um, so once I started to get perspectives and and really tour the country and and see see things outside of where I where I grew up. Um, some people would call it a brainwashing, but I think that's that's part of experiencing things is, is learning how different people can be and, and not in a bad way, but just learning how different people can live or the opinions that people have or how people are treated. Um, so stepping outside of my small town um, and seeing seeing that firsthand, um, it, it really played a factor in how I think now. Um, and I still have some conservative views, I would say. Um, my, my liberal friends would say that I, I I'm uh, not completely liberal because I, I differ in some opinions, but that's kind of the roadmap of, of how I got here. Um, and, and now to see the way that, that people are treated, um, 
like I said, I'm a, I, I like to view myself as a community warrior and I, I like to hold people to a high standard at, at the lowest of levels because that's where, that's where change happens first. You, you can't change much, you know, even at the federal level, you, you, you have to change things locally first to have an impact for, for resounding change. You know, it's, it's interesting too, when we talk about liberal conservatives and things like that, I actually still consider myself uh, conservative. Uh, and and I, I brought in on a lot of the I, ideals of, of true conservatives and, and people look at what, what do you mean you're so anti-Trump? Well, Trump's not a conservative. And I, I'll say that a thousand times over and over. You know, I don't see anything conservative about this current administration and quite frankly, the, the current state of the Republican Party. It was hijacked. And and I and I'll, I'll you know, I'll say in fairness to you, when you were um, you know, when you were kind of like in that 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 lane of, of conservatism. It was still somewhat, you, you saw conservatism still being practiced and the ideology of conservative being practiced and having some success with it. Even though we didn't agree with all their moves, sure. we saw some of the success that was, you know, you know, happening with it, the family values and you, that, that's gone, you know, um, the, the moral pieces, that's gone. So a lot of things have gone out of, of the, uh, you know, out of out of the out of the window, and even now we're going to COVID nineteen. You know, well, I'm going to say even the pro life issue has gone, and and you know, we we saw you know um, the conservative movement lost one of the leaders today, uh, Mr. Herman Cain. Um, you know, God rest his soul as well. But you know, again, his behavior was reckless. You know, going into mm you know, into a rally where all the public health experts, all the scientists, um, you know, all anyone who had any type of sense of, or, or uh, concern about the well-being of the whole public, you know, were against, you know, this, you know, said the way that we defeat this COVID-19 coronavirus is to smother it. How do you smother it? Through social distancing through um, hygiene, using proper hygiene, wearing masks, things like that, having pretty much respect for other people's lives. You know, and, and now, you know, we're at 4.5 million cases uh, in America. We're at 152,000 American lives lost. Talk to me a little bit about that, Kobe. Cody. And now they're saying, we want the kids to go back to school. What's going on? So one of my favorite, um, cliches in life is it starts at the top and I think that that's that's a, a, a big um, statement for any organization not just what we're talking about right now but for the sake of this this conversation I'll keep it at that um, I saw today on the news there was a, a Republican um, <clears throat> Republican congressman I can't remember if he was a, a senator or if he was a representative but either way he tested positive for COVID and he still questions wearing a mask um and and so i'm not i don't want to say i'm blaming republicans because i know people even as much as people dislike mitch mcconnell mitch mcconnell is wearing a mask and he's encouraging people to wear a mask pat toomey he's the same way he's encouraging people to wear masks and that's the kind of leadership i think we need you know not not um to not defer to scientists and doctors in this situation and pretend that we know more is is dangerous it's reckless 
Um, and and you know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not I'm not a doctor, but I I know how to I know how to read journals, medical journals. I know how to I just know I know how to read. Um, and and I know how to listen to people. So if you tell me that that through your studies, through your medical research that I don't know how to do, through your scientific research that I don't know how to do, you're telling me that this is the best option. And by the way, this is the same way around the globe. Um, I think we should defer to the scientists and, and the doctors here and really take heed in what they're saying um, and, and not make it a political thing, which is what it has turned into on both sides. Um, I don't I don't think that, that either side has, has um, <laughs> had a great voice in leadership and through all of this, and, and I'm not really sure why that is, but I really just wish that the people at the top would work together instead of against each other and say, hey, we we really need to come up with a solution here um, because we know how to, we know the doctors are telling us we know how to squash this until we have a vaccine. So let's do that. Let's practice that. Um, but that's not what's being done right now. And I, I can't wrap my head around why. But we're, we're getting into dangerous times now, again, where, you know, we're, we're seeing, I don't know if it's a second wave, I don't know if we can really call it that, or, or an increase um, in cases in, in states uh, like Texas and Arizona and Florida, those, those places. Um, and and I, I really, I, we know why, you know, we, we know why, but I just don't understand why we can't, un, we can't see that the answers that have been given to us, we don't, we don't take heed in those. We, we think we know better and I, I don't understand why. Your representative, I think his name is Louis Goldberg out of uh, Texas, was the, uh, the the congressman who recently tested positive. On top of, I believe, the uh, national security. Uh, yes, the uh, national security advisor to Trump. National security right, advisor also uh, tested positive. So the wave uh, is, is certainly hitting uh, uh, the the GOP right now, and and I believe that you know we have. Uh, you know, we're seeing some concerns right now, and and I, I believe, uh, especially with the economy, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the numbers today, but uh, the the economy again shrunk 33 percent, two million more jobless case, jobless claims hit the hit the rolls. Uh, so right now we're looking at a you know very sick uh, country right now, and we're looking at a, a you know I'm, I'm just going to use street terms we're, we're we're sick and broke. Right now, um, and we're 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 heading into a, um, a a slippery slope. But Walt, I know you and I have, have talked a lot about this. You know, I think there's some implications on this with the elections coming up. You know, and and I know you saw earlier today that that Trump is calling for a, a delay in in the elections. Uh, you know, what are, what are we seeing right now? You put out a tweet. Are, are we looking at a, a a coup right now? What's going on, Walt? I mean, it's definitely a demoralizing um, state of affairs right now. And just uh, piggybacking off something Cody had said earlier in his comments in regards to politicizing and I like to add on to that also weaponizing. Mm -hmm. So you have individuals now embarking on a journey that should have been started at the inception of finding out about the epidemic. Um, straight closures, finding out a pandemic plan, finding out if the previous administration had things set up to move forward to take care of these things. But now they're like playing behind the eight ball. Um, and it's a detriment to society because now, like you just said, we have kids that's going to probably go back to school in September with no precautions and nothing set up that's going to put a lot of these kids at risk. So now are you saying you're willing to let these kids die at the expense of a vote? You know, at the sake of reopening businesses and reopening the economy at at the leisure of a few. 
I mean, we have to play this thing out like smart and we don't want to make it uh, too big of a deal than it may become because Fauci already indicated that the second wave is on its way. So we definitely have to be precautious and we have to definitely take some type of, you know, steps to, you know, save the kids and, and anybody else in the way. And just to get a take off Cody, how, how do you feel that uh, from privatized to urban schools, they were looking at opening the urban schools prior to, I mean, previous to the the private schools. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take an overall approach to that, Walt, if you don't mind. So so I think that there's way too much data right now that's all over the place um, that shows us how how kids um, they contract this illness, how they spread it, um, how secondary transmission works. So I think that in any capacity who, you know, if you're in an area that's not a hot spot and you, you, you can follow the data that shows that your cases are downward trending, your, your, your curve is still flattening, I think that you can decide at a local level you can return to school. However, to predicate your, re, uh, your return to school in person on funding is just, it's completely wrong. Um, because, especially because, um, and this was from Fox News, Schools only get, public schools only get 8% of their funds from, from the federal government. So that's, that's not enough of a reward to risk your, your staff and your students and their families' lives to reopen, in my opinion. Um, and so there was just a, NBC News put out a medical report tonight that said that children under five are actually more likely to spread COVID than, um, five through, uh, 17. Um, and, and that kind of contradicts other studies that have been done in other other countries, um, you know, where one in 10 will will actually transmit secondary um, uh, spread um, or, or out of 40 households, only 8%. And we say only, but only 8% of those kids will spread it to their households. So in my mind, 8% is too much um, because the concern wall isn't it hasn't been that the kids are going to get sick and die because numbers are showing that that young people are, are most likely not if even if they have symptoms they're most likely not going to die the problem is if we send people back to school we're creating a bubble of unnecessary transmission um, where we we have built virtual learning systems over the past six months and we have where we continue every day to see that schools are working at their hardest um, Teachers are working the hardest they've ever worked in their entire careers that I've talked to um, because they, they have to create new systems now and they're trying to perfect it because they care about their students. Um, so to create a space where people who don't have access to tests, I want to I I create a scenario. So we saw this past week what happened with the Marlins, the, the Miami Marlins. Right. So the only reason that we know that that happened is because they had access to tests. Schools, most schools will not have access to testing. So you're you're now sending students and staff to a school that have not been tested unless they've been sick and sent by their doctor. Um, and you don't know who has it because some people are asymptomatic. So now you're right. creating a space where people are, are transmitting and, and, and spreading this virus without you knowing it until somebody gets sick. And when a staff member who is in a vulnerable population to begin with, whether it's age or they have a pre-existing condition, whatever the case may be, when a staff member gets sick or even worse, God forbid, a staff member dies, you won't have to worry about planning for schools 
because staff won't want to come to work. That's right. So I think that in the in the broader scheme of things, and and I saw I, I said this to my wife today. I saw uh, the sec- U.S. Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos. She said today that there is no national plan for reopening schools because there is no um, federal superintendent. Those were her words, and. I just find that so outrageous because we're telling people that you won't get your 8% of federal funding unless you reopen your school and kids are back in schools. Now, let me also say about this that I understand the importance of sending students back to school. I understand what it means. Students have to be in schools um, because they, they some of them are, are better learners in person. Some of them need that social interaction. We need to make sure sometimes um, Schools are, are providing their only meal of the day, which schools have continued to feed kids throughout all of this. Um, and, and a lot of times teachers or staff members are the ones that see the abuse that happens in the home. So I understand all of those things and I think it's important. And, and research, educational research has shown that K through five students are the most important students to get back into schools first because they, they need to learn their phonics. They need to have hands-on learning. Uh, they don't have as great of social skills typically as middle schoolers and high schoolers, secondary students. So I understand that. But until we finitely know what kids can do, um, we, as far as spreading this disease and potentially hurting our staff and our, 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 our administrators, I think we need to press pause, even if it's only for a few weeks. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think a reset button is, is definitely in order. And, and unfortunately, um, we may be a little late. I, I think the later we we get into, excuse me, I'm, I'm not gonna say it's, it's never too late, mm-hmm. but it's, it becomes a lot more difficult. The response is late. The response yeah, is late. exactly, right. and it it, it, be, it gets a lot more difficult. I think in in March, uh, when when we, you know, we thought we were going to go into a national emergency, and that just never happened. You know, we were looking at maybe about a 30 day shutdown. Um, and at that time, I believe the average age of the, of the cases and the, and the deaths were around 55, 50. The old fogies like me were, were. <laughs> but now, right, now, now it's down now, but now it's, it's down to I think, I think I heard the age of 34, which, you know, now you're, you're, you're in a whole nother demographic and that's going to be a lot harder to contain because you know i know when i was 34 years old you know it you know trying to tell someone now to stay sheltered in place especially now in the summertime you know we're we're gonna go 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 you know you know we want to continue to you know uh see our friends see our families and we feel invincible and and the tricky thing about this virus is to your point if you're asymptomatic you're carrying you could be carrying it and not even know it and then Boom! You you done affected five people, and and unfortunately, maybe one out, one or two out of those five could be could be fatal. Yeah, uh, the Marlins are up to seventeen. The Marlins it, are up to seventeen cases. Yeah, seventeen, and I and I, I think uh, you know it, it's just unbelievable. And um, that's not in a school where there's hundreds of people, even on a hybrid day. And okay. I, I I watch baseball, and I and I actually said to my wife, I said, you know, they're doing the, before the, the you know the, the information came out about. It, I said, man, baseball is actually doing the right thing. You know, it's it's a it's it's a uh, basically a non-contact sport. There was no fans in there. I mean, they were you know taking the rosin bags off. I mean, they were taking all the precautions, and voila, boom, 
You know, we heard first we heard twelve, then we heard fourteen. Now we're now it's up to seventeen. And who knows? You know, you know who else? Who, who on the Phillies? Uh, the uh, Phillies have two positive cases. Now. Oh, the Phillies have two now. Okay, yeah. so not as of tonight. No, nineteen out of that. I mean, you know. So how is how is that part of the, how? I mean, I'm talking about the business of baseball. How is that going to be? You know, sustainable. And then you you had you know the president up and saying, oh, you know kids are are immune to this so they can go back to school but i'm like you know dude you're not you're not thinking this all the way through well yeah and and, and the way you 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 presented it so eloquently uh, uh cody you know you know you gotta think beyond that with this virus it's not it's not about just you know a kid just goes to school and catches the flu no when you're catching you know this COVID 19 they could come home they still have to come home to their parents and if you know if they catch it they're going to affect their whole families and or they're going like you said affect the teacher so you know i mean we're dealing with and i'm just going to come out and say this you know and this is the leader of the free world standing behind the presidential seal making these bogus claims and right now we have to wait until january the 20th to to remove uh to make a a, a regime change uh every day is critical we're losing 2000 americans a day i don't i don't think people understand what's going on and, and the impact of this leadership as you mentioned earlier about how it is from the national leadership and you know right now the polls He's, he's, he's polling terribly. I think he's down uh, to Joe Biden uh, in many polls, uh, I think by 10 to 12 points, double digits. Uh, of course, today wasn't a good day, so we'll watch the polls. Uh, I, I normally uh, I encourage everyone else to go to 538.com uh, because they take a number of the polls and they uh, give an average of where, where the numbers are and they give you a good feel. And, and generally, they're, they're, they're accurate uh, to take a you know temperature, but I, I, I would think probably by now, Next week, we can kind of see where the impact of, you know, this week, which is which everyone I admit, including Republicans, would say was not a good week for the president. Uh, so are we getting, and I'll just say this to you and ask you, Cody, do you think we're getting into resignation territory? What's your thoughts? Oh, man, I'm not even close enough to, to that administration to understand um, you know, I think there have been a lot of points in this in this administration where we thought, you know, uh, uh, any other president would probably have been close to a resignation. Um, but I, I don't think so. Um, the, the closest thing that, that that I've read and you've probably read this, too, is, is that um, at one point, President Trump was trolling, uh, polling so badly um, that that the RNC was actually considering a, a different candidate. Um, because and then President Trump was fresh, frustrated with his campaign as well, which I believe is why he hired a new campaign manager. Um, so we will see what happens. I think it's too late in the game now to to even talk about resignation um, because for, for the GOP, that would be more than likely an automatic win um, for the Democrats, um, which I just I just want somebody in there who is going to lead us and sound presidential and and not deny things that are so blatantly obvious. Um, and, and I think that um, we just we just need to understand the, um, you know, our, our choices in this next election as, as we come up, you know, this isn't this isn't a time to, to make a statement with your vote um, for change. You obviously you're, you're free to vote for who you want. And I support that 100%. I don't want to um, silence anybody's voice or, or vote. But we saw what happened in 2016 when Democrats decided to make a vote for change for someone who couldn't win. Um, 
So I, I just want people to be mindful of that as you go to the polling place and understand how the Electoral College works and understand how general elections work and things like that. So just just know know what you're going to do before you go to the polling place. Exactly. Well, uh, just want to first of all, thank you, uh, Cody, for uh, joining us today uh, on, on the All In Network. And I just want to tell the folks, you know, the All In Network is, is growing. Uh, we have uh, lots of content, lots of great content for you. We have our sports show with uh, Elijah and Mike. Go to our YouTube channel uh, on All In Network uh, on the YouTube channel and, and you'll find all the content uh, that you like. They're doing a phenomenal breakdown on the NBA, which is starting uh, tonight. Uh, so some exciting things like that. Hopefully, you know, everything will go well in the, in the bubble. Of course, we have All in Politics. Uh, we have Rain and Bliss Show, which uh, so these young ladies are doing an outstanding job giving you, you know, some some great content on pop culture and, and things from a women's pr- uh, perspective. And also Real Deal with uh, with Cody Deal, who uh, joined the uh, the network last week uh, with us. So a lot of exciting content. And we, we just want to continue to bring the, uh, the voice uh, give that voice to the uh, the voiceless. Walt, any any final um, pieces? We, uh, uh, like I said, I'd just like to thank Cody again. Various insightful and inventive stuff that he uh, brought to the table. I Thanks, look forward Walt. to probably bringing back again, man. Like I said, this is really it's really intriguing, man. A lot of things that we could have added in that we can probably save for the next yeah, week we, because we didn't get to anything on the schedule did we we, <laughs> yeah, we just we just hey look yeah you gotta come back have a good conversation i'll be back can't, can't warm it, you know yeah um, let's do it i'm excited already all right Definitely. appreciate you hey thank you thank you for having me on fellas i really appreciate it this was great all right all in network you take care peace peace